0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to season two of the Road End Podcast. Each episode we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and hear their stories about Liverpool Football Club.
0: Hi everyone, and welcome to season two of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by former Red Stephen Wright. Stephen was part of the brilliant youth setup up in the late 90s before moving to the first team and being part of the historic era under Gerard Houllier. Okay, Stephen, thanks for joining. How are you, mate? Very well, pal. Very well. You Good to see you. it. Feels like forever since I've seen you, since I've seen
1: your face. <laughs> Loads of people say that. As I say, I'm, I'm bloody hell. I'm over at Liverpool hell of a lot, you know what I mean? Especially with the academy and that where obviously the role that I play down there. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'm gonna come into that shortly, but let let's start with obviously the earlier days. You moved to Liverpool. How old was you when you actually signed for the club?
1: Um it was it was back then. I was I was nine years of age. Came in there but well, it was classed as the academy, then it was called the School of Excellence with Steve Highway. That's when it started. So yeah, in and then around local areas. So my area was Bootle Bootleways. We had a scout game was July and and as I say, it, was, it went from there.
0: You made your debut. Um, if I remember right, it's against Stoke in that mad 8-0 game, which I've never seen happen again. What was it like when you come on the pitch?
1: It was just a great experience. I think I think it, it came when I was at least expecting it. Obviously, I, I think I had a couple of other chances earlier on as well, maybe the year before as well. It was good good for, the, obviously, the academy and the pathway for, for obviously, the following players.
0: You replaced Marcus Babble, is that right? Not a bad sub, is
1: it? Yeah, he was he was at a he was brilliant with me, as I say. He was he was a touch of a class himself, uh, Carragher as well, and and Sammy Ippie and Stefan Encho, you know, coming into the team and such big players like themselves and the stature of you know the international careers that they had and you know the time when he was with us, you know, really good adversaries to our football club and he helped me a lot. What was it like playing next to Carragher then? He was one of the first and the original. I, I, I think I got sat down around about. It was you know just I think it was first year whitey, and Steve Irie sat like loads of us down and watching the first team just as Jamie just got into. It. We sat down and watched them, and Steve was asking questions. Steve Irie, this was, and just said, "Listen, you know Stevie Paul, Paulinson, and they're the ones to look at." And he always said to me, Jamie Carrigan. And I didn't get it at the time because I thought, he's so just gone to the first team?" he's only two years older than me, but in the long run, I actually got it because he just said, listen, you're not dissimilar from the same sort of characters and the way he's play. And, you know, as I say, and, and I looked at it, I go, yeah, I got that. And I knew, and as I say, only until recently when I seen Jay, it was, it was, that was what it was. It's, you know what I mean? Your, your idols are some of the players that you don't always think of, but it was yeah. Jamie was a, a player that I looked up to as well. Yeah.
0: What was it like being part of that era? Because obviously, like you've said, you've come through with a few of the players who went on to have good careers as well, with brilliant careers, let's say. What was it like to be part of that successful spell? Because I was in Dortmund as a fan, obviously. Uh, you was part of the squad that day. It must, it must have been brilliant to play yeah. with that team.
1: It was. It was... I mean, you know what went on before, as I say, we, we were classed yeah. as scapegoats throughout the 90s. You know what I mean? And the, 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 change, the ever-changing managers and teams and Spice Boys and things like that. And then obviously there was an influx of foreign managers coming to the, the Premier League, which obviously from Arsenal, which is, you know, Arsene Wenger. And obviously Gerrard had come in to take over the, the role with Roy Evans and it was a strange one that not I don't think anyone ever thought it'd, it'd work at the start anyway but you know it, it never in the end and, and then Gerard overtook the role and he he just turned a, a little bit more professional you know the lads and obviously the lads that you know didn't want to be there he got them out and the ones that wanted to play for the club stayed and you know, he, he got a great group of lads that that played for him, and it was a, a blend of youth and and experience as well at that time. And he was going on to bigger and better things, you know. As I say, so it only shows you know, obviously in the, the on the, the five trophies in the one year. So, that being a part of that, you know, in my life and and for what I where I got to, I you know, it was it was a tremendous year. It was a really good year.
0: Yeah. Well. Obviously, as a kid, season ticket older, I sat with my dad and it was always good to see um, like local lads come through the system. Especially as a scouser, yeah. it must have been unbelievable. Um, you made 21 appearances in total. What do you think you could have done more? Because when I look at when you played, you had everything that we wanted yeah. to see. And yeah. for them to be sold, to be replaced by Abel Xavier, no disrespect to him. It, it doesn't make sense to me as like a, a local lad to begin with, but how did
1: that feel? It hurt. It hurt a lot <clears throat> because the start of it was me and Stephen getting our, our chance to go away uh, as young lads to Celta Vigo. So we thought that we were just going to be on the trip, you know, blend in, you know, get go and get the experience to, to see what life is going to be, you know what I mean? Basically, and in the end, it turns out that we both got on the bench because i think i think it was phil babb and jason mcatee either got injured or illness and, and we were both on the bench and we both we both sat well both sat there in the in the meeting room beforehand and went nudging each other and waiting on here i think i think we covered every blade of grass as we were warming up <laughs> so that was how close we were and then obviously going through the obviously the next couple of months obviously Steve, Stephen got the chance and then i didn't quite so it came about that I had a chance to go on on, on loan to Crew. It happened. It, it just it just came out of the blue, and, and I, was, I was I remember sit, standing outside with a couple of the, the younger lads. We just had finished training. We we're doing a little bit extra, and I remember Gerard Dooley calling me and said, "Listen, Crew, they're asking for you." loan be told, further along the line, when it seemed Babsy, Babsey being in there half an hour before, and he asked him, and Babsy said, "No." <laughs> So, basically, it came down to, it. listen, I, I just wanted to play football. Now, he just said it'd be great experience. And as soon as he said that, I went, yeah, go on then. You know, mm-hmm. go and learn, go and experience it somewhere else. Listen, Liverpool with my life, I did. I know no different. I just thought, if I'm going to play, listen, I played loads of Messi games. You'll have seen it, you know what I mean? And it, you know, I went to, went to crew and... As I say, I, play, I think I played in every other position other than goalkeeper there. But the, the first few games, the first few games, I had done me ankle in, um, a really bad one against Paul Galicia away at uh, Norwich, and uh, it was a it was a, a ligament damage right the way through, and two snaps of me. Uh, it oh. was it was a horrible one. So it was about three and a half months, and then obviously after that went straight back to Crew, but then coming back we had the likes of jimmy Trior coming in and gregory vignal and it was like it was you know and i knew gerard had known these players because he'd been in in the the french national team and the youngsters and and i knew he'd he'd known the best younger players but obviously being a a local lad and you know getting that chance you want more Mm. and that's all you want to do you want to play for the first team and you know the it's it, it is tough working hard, and you, you'll you'll probably speak to most of the lads, and they'll probably say the same thing. You, you, you're working to play in that first team, and if you're not getting a chance, you you know sometimes it, you're the young lads you, you take it on board, and, and the experience is great, but you just want to play, you know, traveling here, there, and everywhere, playing resi games, and you know coming back off European trips without even getting in the squad or being in the squad, not training and having to play games and. You know it was tough, but but it was the ground and that you needed to, to play. You know they wanted to probably see that, and they they thought his attitude's great. You know what I mean? And mm. if he's seen a different attitude, and I'd go, can't be honest with this. Don't need this. You know what I mean? I'm traveling all over the place and I'm not getting anything out of it. But I think that's what they wanted. So, yeah, I mean, it, the pathway then being a local lad, it, it, it was brilliant because you had you, you had obviously Robbie in the team. Um, John Matthew probably just left. He was in and around. You had David Tomo, you had Kerry. you had Michael Owen. He had Stevie G. So, you know, for that pathway for the next one to come through was you know was myself and and that's what I wanted to do. And as I say, as you as you just rectified before, it was a tough one to take. It was it was it was really hard. We'd been away to to I think it was Switzerland and that that we usually go to, and on the way back, uh, Gerard league. Pulled me at the bottom um, when we just got off the, the aeroplane and said, "Listen, that the club have accepted a fee for you." And I went, what "Does that mean?" <laughs> I didn't know. He Said, "Listen," said the club have accepted a fee. You know, can we sit down tomorrow morning? So on the way back up, my dad was there because my dad obviously he was working for Liverpool at the time. He said, "What do you say?" He said, uh, "Sunderland have accepted a fee for me." I said, "What?" So. I didn't know, I didn't sleep that night and went in to have the conversation with Gerard the next day and, you know, he, he just said, listen, he said, speak to your agent and you don't have to. I think I just, I think I just signed another five-year contract, you know, in a short period of time, just at the end of the season as well. So, Weird, that is that, a... yeah, yeah. So, listen, I, I could have stayed there, I, you know, I didn't, I could have, you know, said no, I don't and I don't want to try another year, which... In hindsight, you look back and you go, maybe I should have because of what happened with with um, Abel. But as I say, I was a youngster coming through and and Peter Reed was the, the, the manager down there and he'd been watching me for the last few years. Now, we when, when we went down there, it was a case of, listen, come and have a look. And that's what my agent said, listen, you don't have to do anything. Um, There's a number of teams that came in on the way up. John Terry, uh, uh, as I say, I was with, with the England under-21s and... He gave us a call, a tinker man said, listen, he'd like to, to, to be at the table with Chelsea, uh, Fulham, um, you know, things like that. It was just, just surreal of, you know, looking at it and you know, the team that you love, but everyone else wants you. So I didn't get that at the time, but when, once I sat down with, with Peter Reed, it was a case of, listen, you know, we've, we've looked at you. We've wanted you for a long time and you know, you're fit, you play. And basically, you know, when I when I sat with Gerard, Uly, I, I, listen, i I never I never wanted that. I just wanted him to say, listen, you're a part of my plans. But I, I asked the question of, listen, am I am I in your plans going forward, or is Abel, you know what I mean, a, a lot older than me, you know? And I just thought that the way our our football club's going, and you know, it wasn't a nice nice feeling. But, but that's the way it was. You know, I wanted to play. I got I got the bug. I got got the love of playing in front of fans and you know I wanted to be, to be at Liverpool but to sat with Peter Lee it was it was a different story you know what he said to me and what they loved it was you know what I wanted from from Liverpool which I yeah. never got.
0: I've seen the story with Carragher when he's he lost
1: his marbles about it did he? he couldn't get his head round it why they sold you. You know you, you want everyone to do well you want your, your teammates to do well not just that you the lads that are from local areas and and no, don't, no disrespect to, to Abel. You know what I mean. He, he was a lot older. He was from he was from the other side, which we always say with the Everton side. And I always thought I'd done well. And you know, and listen, you love you you hear it from some of the other players. You know you're the young lad, so you'll you'll always be you know drafted to the side. Anyone comes in, I always remember that the game season be uh, end of the season where we played Ipswich away and we won five nil. Was it Carroll suspended? So I went to left back, and Abel Xavier came in at right back. His first game, and he scored. And That's I, cool. I mean, and and knew straight away what was going to happen. I knew he was going to stay in the team, kind of come back in at left back, and me going to sit on the bench. I knew straight away, and 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 if you got that in your head, then you know before and what what's going to happen. So that was a tough one to take, and then obviously never got back in and. And then obviously it came, we were near the end of the season and then obviously that's the the role, you know, he pulled me at the end of the season, which was, it was, it was, was, you know, everyone says, listen, could you have lasted another year? Probably, yeah, but, you know, I was, what, 20, just turning 21 and I I wanted to play, I wanted to play more, you know, resi football, you know, Got the best of me, and you know, you sometimes getting niggles and injuries that you didn't want because you you know you're frustrated a little bit. But you know, to get into the first team and having you know such a period of time in there as well, yeah, obviously it came about when Tomo came into the first team as well. So I don't know whether that had a, a, a different aspect on it as well. Mm.
0: Take me back to training with the first team then. Obviously, you sort of come through
1: similar time as
0: Stevie. Um, yeah, did you just know he was going to hit that next level?
1: Yeah. He he had something, as I say, we you know when players around you it was like when we we were growing up with Michael. Michael was always destined to be the into our first team straight away. But that that fueled the rest of the 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 young lads as well at at, at the same age, you know, that we had our you know, the years below and the years above, you know, the pathway is there for us. So if you're doing well and you're you're strong and you show what they want, then you'll go in. And myself and Stephen were doing really well at the time, so you know, we we were in and around it then. So I think, as I say, we would just gone into the academy building on the opposite side to where we were, and we went and staying down at the university for I think it was, I think it was the end of that year, January time, or might have been the whole year if I can remember. And then we were traveling to and from, and it was just at the time when KB was getting built, and we, were, you know, we we were going down and.
0: Good few players have come out of that youth though, haven't they, with the School of Excellence? What was it like with Steve Highway then? Because a mate of mine was at the youth setup. He didn't go on to yeah. make it, but we all thought he was going to. He was just that different level in school, and he had a couple of little run-ins with Steve, Steve Highway, which probably hindered his career. But let's say, what was it like yeah. with him heading it up there?
1: Listen, I've heard loads, and my cousin, um, Derek was 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 at Liverpool and he says the same thing as his mum and dad, but it, it was just his mentality of getting the best out of us. Now, I was one of the fortunate ones to get yes every time at the end of the year. And I know a lot of lads that, that got no's, you know what I mean? But you, you had the upbringing that you did. Now, prove to us that I'm wrong, if you know what I mean, which that's what he wanted from, from a lot of players that left us. And some did, some didn't. And, you know, that was the way it was. It was, you know, as I said, it was more Yui and Yui McCauley and, and Dave Shannon were the ones that, you know, were in and around you, you know, best friend and arm around the shoulder. And sometimes wow. you of both, Dave was your best mate, where Steve, you know, when he was around, the standards went shot up. So he always knew, and what, don't, I'm not saying that when when Huey and Dave wasn't there, I think when Steve comes around, everyone starts getting nervous because he was the head, he fronted it up and, you know, the, the man and the stature of what he's won at our football club, you know what I mean? You look at him, you go, bloody hell. But yeah, that was just the way it was, you know what I mean? I don't think Steve, I don't think Steve done that on purpose, but it was his job and his, you know, he couldn't take everyone. That's, you know, and I, I've seen, you know, close friends and mates that I grew up since they were nine, ten years of age, you know what I mean? Get, get released at, at the later stages. So it is what it is. And you know, it, it's how you take it. Do, you know, do you know, you know what I mean? Do those players know that they were you know, they were going to get released? You know what I mean? In their own heads, if, if you'd actually sat them down and gone, could you have done better? Did you know? Did you know at the time? Or you, you just don't know, just don't know until you sit, sit them down one-on-one and
0: it was the best player you <laughs> played with that didn't go on to make it.
1: We had a few good players in our in in our team. Probably younger, like like said Mano, you know Dave Mannix. Yeah, I think you know, obviously he was you know he was a couple of years below us, but he, obviously he was the next one to come through, like a Steven Gerrard, and you know what I mean. He was play, he was coming to play in some of the games that we were playing against our resis and things like that. So, and I think more so probably injuries hindered him Um we had Michael Yates who's in our in our uh, academy now he was a very good player at a young age you know had a good career at other other clubs and other venues and as I say up in Scotland but again you know there's, there's, there's loads that you could say there is you know what I mean it's how it works you know and I've spoke to a lot of boys and a lot of lads that at that Went away from us and he said it's not the same the professionalism is never the same and i said well you got treated like royalty with, with us you know what i mean it was if we had players you know he didn't worry about the evidence the, the man united's them games he always worried about the berries the wiggins uh huddersfields all the team that we play over there and he always said we know if you're going to be a, a good player and go on to big and better pins into our the resies, into the first team by Seeing you in them in them fixtures because first of all you have to match them for you know for the endeavour and and what you have and y- your your skill levels should come through because you're at Liverpool Football Club you know so yeah
0: yeah moving on to the Sunderland time then I won't I won't talk too much about you know the clubs because obviously it's a Liverpool podcast but when you went to Sunderland you had a good run in the team you the first season I think you played enough every game. Yeah. But then the typical thing have happened: a um, couple of big injuries, and then it's difficult getting back in the side. How is it for obviously for us? We've played Sunday league all these levels; they're not compared to it. Um, how difficult is it mentally as a footballer when you suffer such a like big injury like you did?
1: Listen, I I see it in a different way as other people. Some people can't get their heads around it. The way I played, you know, the way I played, I was all yeah. uh, full in your face you know, when it takes all that sort of thing. And, you know, if it's a 50 50, I know I'm going to win it. I want to win it. Now. I was very loyal to the managers that I played for some of the things that I look back now. And you know what I look at this day and age and the stats and the, the sports science around all the players. Now, I'd have probably got help nowadays, you know, going back, listen, I was playing with injections I was playing with, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't have played in games. Um, but listen, it's a tough, tough world. You know, someone takes your place, then it's tough to get back into that place in your head. You're thinking, okay, I want to get back. The manager's saying, listen, my job's on the line. Listen, I need you to play, you know, a physio yeah. Listen, you know, be it like, yeah, not a problem. That's the way I always was with the managers that I play for. And when I look back at it, listen, if I go back again tomorrow, to the start, I'd do exactly the same thing because those people have, have given me love. Data from them, it didn't because because some of the injuries were horrible, nasty injuries that I had. So, it is, and you're playing for a manager that that maybe, you know, as I say, no, really brought me in. I only had I think 14 games with him, and then he got the bullet. So when you look at it like that, for someone like that to bring you in, and you'd think I've just signed a long contract here, I'm leaving Liverpool, and then he goes you know, Ben has as a Swiss international, you can have a number two, you can have his house, you can have this, you can have that. And you go, why are you doing this? He said, cause I want you, I've, I've yeah. watched you for three, four years and we've wanted you that much and we've got you. So we want to keep you. And when someone says that to you, you feel loved, you feel wanted. So you would go on the football pitch and give him everything though. And that's yeah. what I've done. And as I say, were horrible nasty injuries to, to ankle ligaments again the same one as you know what we had with with the um, crew and then it stemmed from there you know the ongoing you know as i say wilkinson sergeant wilco as we call him came in and as i say and then mick mccarthy and then Roy Keane. it's it, it's tough listen mentally injury it was a case of listen my mrs knew because i've been with the same Mrs. now my wife now so it was she knew she knew in my head that listen, the only way he copes with it is I went on the drink and that, listen, I was never a plonk here. Not unlike that. Listen, I had, I, I loved the drink. It was at, at the times that when I could, but it was how I coped the first 24 hours. You know what I mean? I, she knew that I'd be, I'd go out and then I'd go the next day. I had to get my head down and that first 24 hours is vital. You don't, you don't see it. You don't hear the and that. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't hear it. When you're in and amongst it and you know that you're gonna be out three, four, five, six months. That's your head going, I don't know. The only way I know is go and do what I do, get my head set down after you know a day or two, and then and then mentally yeah. that's probably how I coach. Certain other players coach differently.
0: You mentioned Roy Keane. What was it like being in the dressing room with <clears throat> him as the gaffer? Because obviously the stories
1: we hear, he's a lunatic. Born in Liverpool, you 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 grow up to to not hate or despise listen they're our, they're our rivals now every yeah. time we play against man united listen you know you know that they get, that's the game that's the game you want to play in i i just got over an injury just getting over an injury so him coming in i'm thinking yeah like right, sit down you know what i mean new regime go again and he came in and listen when he spoke everyone sat down and and you know, respected. I I respect him. What 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 an absolute player that in his in his lifetime. One of the best midfielders in Europe at the time from Man United. And he wanted me to go out on loan and get a get a little bit of fitness. We sat down, listen, I face to face and listen. He's you know you're one of my players. You wanted to, I'd like to see it. So got me out on loan to Stoke at the time, who then went up the end of that season first time in the Premier League. So was playing really well for Stoke and doing okay. And I I think I had six months left on my contract coming back, but Stoke wanted to sign me, so Stoke spoke to my agent, wanted to do a deal, and I went, "Yeah, get it done." They're doing okay up there, Sunderland at the time, so yeah, it was it was one of them, and he wouldn't let me go. Roy Keane stopped it and said, "No, you're going to be a you're going to be a big player for us. You you've been winning. You're going to be like a new player to us, so a new signing." So. They got in Andy Griffin, I think, from Newcastle at the time. So that that road had gone. So the time that I had the period where I went, no, to my agents, like, get, the, get the deal done. Roy Keane said, no, you've got six months left. Come and fight for your place. I went, fine. Got back. It was the January. So it was the first weekend coming into the, the FA Cup. Dwight York, um, who else? Andy Cole was there coming into the, the training for the two or three days before I said, Writer, you know what i mean it's like a new player having a new player back because he had a, quite a few injuries so perfect great time going in come to saturday uh squad time i wasn't even in the squad
0: <laughs> how does that make sense <laughs>
1: so, talk me through that yeah don't know it was it was a, it was a real that that was like a dagger to the heart you know what i mean it, you know asking for your back and and then doing what you do and then my head just went. I, I just, as we were on our way out, I just said, I'll see you Monday. I didn't even see the game, walked straight out of the, the, the stadium, um, see you Monday. Yeah. Wow. So I wasn't in the squad. You know, it was, it was a tough one to take, you know, bringing me back. And then I, you just don't get what. And then sat down and I just, I asked them, well, why? Why? And I didn't get a proper answer. They just said, fight for your place. I remember the phone call going the night before the last the lads had already traveled um and it was pr um personal assistant from roy Keane. Stephen, um roy wants you down and i went what for so i've been in a squad well i've been in a couple of squads and on the bench and stuff like that but not made never played so i thought he's just taking me down here to take the piss out of me here so um ended up starting <laughs> okay, <laughs> ended up starting next to johnny evans And we won. Madness. Madness. mad, mad.
0: (laughs) Well, let's move on to Wrexham then. So Rob McElhinney and Ryan Reynolds, they've invested heavily in the men's and the women's team now. They've gone up as champions. Um, What was your thoughts when you, obviously this is your previous club, so what was your thoughts when they were linked to taking over? Because I just thought it was a bit of a PR stunt.
1: Yeah, I think everyone did. From some of the stories beforehand, I think they went to have a look at another club. um, Along the lines of, you know, history wise and i think i think chesterfield was mentioned i don't know how true it was um and then obviously wrexham with the history of you know being the oldest stadium in the world so i think that was one of the big reasons that they wanted to do and yeah. you know don't get me wrong from from day one they've they've said what they've said that they're gonna do and they've done they've, they've bought the the club that bought the stadium so now they're doing the image rights to Wrexham in eighteen sixty four, and they're doing good things. You know, I played there, and it was a tough place, tough place. But what it's give, it's give a group of fans, the town, or now what is a city, hope. You know, it's give that you know something to look forward to, and you know it's it, it's been it's it's always been a harsh times over in Wrexham, but this now it's just women's game the men's game my son actually plays for wrexham he's all a first year scholar if they win tomorrow they win the league as well so they'll get paraded on saturday which you know that'll be great to see you know so there's good things happening you know and you know what they've said at the start they didn't even know each other you know the 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 episodes and that's what i didn't know I, i thought they knew each other but they've come together and you know, they've, they've, they've got a club there with it's steeped in history and, you know, that's all you're hearing over here. That's, you know, the people are always upbeat like our city is when Liverpool are upbeat. Obviously, when Everton aren't, it's a, it's a different place, but it's brought it's brought the, the community together as well. I mean, Paul Mullen seems to be the main man. It's good
0: to have a scouser doing well and getting so much publicity, in it?
1: Get everywhere, don't we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like water. <laughs> To finish on then. You know, I've, I've read a little bit about what you're up to now and stuff on, obviously, on the internet. You're CEO of St. Paul's Sporting Group. know I don't know anything about that. But what yeah. does that involve for you then on a day-to-day?
1: It started off, two lads that I'd known for quite some time now who had the business partners. And basically, they, they just said, listen, you, you, over the years, you've got a good knowledge and entrepreneurial role. And the reason behind it was to educate young up and coming sports people you know what i mean i I, I, all I kept doing was listen we'll look after your money you just sort yourself out your pitch and stuff like that and i was like yeah fine but i'm still hearing that now you know can i do something different you know do i have to put all my eggs in one basket do i have to dive a lot of my information to all these financial people where don't we want to? Or can I do that myself? Can I educate myself to do bit of this or have the knowledge? You know, I know some people that just go, yes, yeah, it is. I'll just do that. And they're on the take. And it's so sad. That's one of the main reasons that we I actually started about a year ago. And it, it came about. And, yeah, it's, you know, day to day. I'm now again in the office and doing things. But, but other than that, I'm, I'm I'm around football. I'm coaching with academy. I do the development groups. And... Um, and I help out Wrexham every now and again if they need it. So,
0: so you're a talent scout at Liverpool? Is that right, or is it just coaching?
1: Yeah, I I I went in just before I think it was about four and a half years ago was, for a role in our football club. So, nothing was available, and and basically it was uh, I came out and and I knew a couple of lads on, on on the outside, and they just said, "Listen, would you would you go into a you know a recruitment role?" Uh, loved every minute of it. And then, obviously, um, our academy <coughs> manager, who's Alex, he didn't really like the development groups at the time. And then, obviously, he came about and it worked. Uh, another former player, John Newby, mm. is there, so he heads that up. And um, basically, it's a, it's a centre for kids that you know, obviously, we 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 want to you know we want to develop from grassroots and not give, you know, when you go into our main group, not be overawed, Um, yeah. because it is a tough, tough world in, in, in there. And, you know, we're giving them, you know, sessions before they go into the main group. So yeah, it, it's brilliant I love, love every minute of it. And I think that's where I see myself, you know, the development side, you know, just gives you that, inspires you as well. What it, you know inspired me and uh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's good what we do. And, we are now going to do a quick-fire round with our guests. This could be very controversial.
0: I won't ask you too much. I won't go into too yeah. much. And I, I certainly won't poke any questions, that I don't <laughs> have to. Um, the best player
1: you've played with? Steven Gerrard.
0: What makes him so special?
1: He, you can put him on a football pitch and he can, he'll be the best player in every position. The best manager you've played with? Best manager, it'd have to be it'd have to be Mick McCarthy because we had our best times. McCarthy was a really solid, in your face. You do it for me on the pitch, I'll do it for you off the pitch. Um, I'd have to say Mick, yeah. Obviously, other than Anfield, what's the best ground you've played in? It'd have to be the Berner Bale.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we I think it came on late on. Yeah. I think we had. I think it was the when we when we had when Steve McManaman went to to Real Madrid. I think we had that game, you know, in the pre-season where we had the tournament there, and I came on. So yeah, I think it'd have to be. I mean, Barcelona, Real Madrid, some venues, some some venues.
0: Did you nail Steve McManaman because he left?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Mac is great. Mac is a great lad, as I say. He had his is what he wanted to do, and you know what I mean. As I say. He wanted to go and play in the world football for the world. But I always think that you only leave big clubs over here to go to the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona.
0: If you didn't make it as a footballer, what would you think you'd have done?
1: Bricklayer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why bricklayer?
1: always, I, I, I listen. Growing up in Liverpool, I don't, I don't know what I'd have been. At school, I always wanted to build my own house. You know, I, I like that entrepreneurial side and I wanted to you know get the chance to go and build me own house and actually do it myself you know what I mean be a part of it, the structure and I've I had a few properties gone forward and things like that when I used to do it I used to get involved and rip them out and they were horrible and to see what it looks like after it just makes you Feel like a million million dollars, just you know, and that's what I had when I was a kid. I think I think I actually put that when I was a kid. When I was, um, on my work experience, I wanted to be a bricklayer. <laughs> Before I said they said, because in school, in school, they like, they they always thought like when you're in. <laughs> I said, listen, other than if I don't make it as a footballer, I think I actually said I would, I'd be a bricklayer. But you got the football. <laughs> I got the football, yeah. I had um I had Dave
0: Galley on the last episode, obviously your previous physio, and um I asked him the question yeah. of what would you have done if you weren't a physio? And he said, Unfortunately, my answer would be the same as Crouchy's a virgin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Wasn't expecting that from
0: him. <laughs> no, I'd i never thought of it from Dave, no. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, yeah. last last question before we finish. If You've got any advice for a youngster wanting to make it in football, what would it be?
1: Keep learning, mm-hmm. ask questions, go and ask them questions, go and learn from them. Um obviously, you know, it's, it's the biggest thing, you know, having having that experience to, to show and tell people as I say, listen, my father was saying it to me as, as a young kid, you have to have to listen to your coaches and Bloody hell, I had one of the best, didn't I, Steve? I was you know what he won at our football club. So yeah, it was I think asking questions. I always have questions.
0: Okay. Well that's all that about there, mate. Um nice one for joining and obviously getting back to me in the first place. It's Very been great to have you on. It's been it's been good to listen to your stories as well. Um, hopefully catch you soon, mate. But yeah, I wish yeah. you all the best.
1: Thank you, John. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash theroadendpod and on Instagram, Instagram slash theroadendpod.